welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media personality, correspondent, and digital influencer. My career has required that I make many cross-country relocations, starting out in my hometown of New Orleans, going to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, and ultimately back to New Orleans. I've had to start over and reinvent myself many times, which has made for interesting experiences, opportunities, and of course, some obstacles. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. I'll share my personal testimonials, trials, and tips, and invite guests to share theirs, all in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic personal and professional life, encouraging self-love and self-care. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking about a very touchy subject that unfortunately a lot of people are probably familiar with. I still have PTSD over my personal situations dealing with this, but we're talking about infidelity. Healing from infidelity is very difficult to do on your own. However, with the right mix of understanding your affair type guidance and following the right recovery steps, your relationship can be saved. So luckily, we have returning guests to the show. One of my favorites, Renell Nelson. You can check out previous episodes with Renell, like Me Before We and Navigating Blended Families. But today, it's all about affair aftercare. Renell Nelson is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified infidelity recovery therapist. She's been providing therapy for over 11 years and she's here to offer you hope and let you know that there is healing after the heart-wrenching struggles that an affair can bring. And let's just be clear, we're not just talking about healing in the sense of saving this relationship because there is a level of healing that has to take place even if you decide not to move forward in this particular relationship but you definitely don't want to bring the baggage from an affair in one relationship into another new relationship so let's start from the beginning how do you think people find themselves in situations where they are being betrayed or the betrayer everybody's situation is different and that's the hard thing but the normal thing is it usually stems from lack of communication and not being able to communicate needs desires etc but I also have found out dealing with infidelity for the betrayed and the person who the infidel that's what we call them that it's a lot of uh, self self-assessment self-needs and being selfish Mm -hmm. So one thing I tell in a betrayal situation, sometimes it has nothing to do with the relationship. It has everything to do with that person mm -hmm. and how that person views their life, their upbringing, what's going on with them. And I always go back to, I know they kind of saturated this Jay-Z uh, story about him talking about infidelity. But when he talked about that, he didn't know what love was. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what love, how to love. Mm -hmm. And infidelity to him was survival. Mm -hmm. And that was so deep because that's why I tell people that was a learned coping skill for some people based on their family upbringing. How did they even see infidelity and betrayal for him he just didn't see being in a situation with one woman woman survivor was having multiple ones. and that could stem from seeing i know he didn't have a relationship with his father but seeing situations from his family where men were put out all the time 
the nagging and hearing from people like, oh, I love her, but I to love her even more, I have to go over here. And that's something I try to talk about in the program, the seven-step program, we get in tune with yourself. What are your learned beliefs? Because sometimes, again, you got to focus on me before we, because you bring those characteristics into the relationship. Do you think that infidelity is a learned behavior and a habit, or can it be a one-time thing? You know, we hear the thing that always a che- once a cheater, always a cheater. And I've worked with old hoes and they change when they're ready to change. You can't change them. They got to be ready to change themselves. I think it depends on the person. No one can make you change. But I have been fortunate enough and blessed enough to be in a situation where I talk to men. And they say some environments make them not want to cheat anymore. They're fine. They're, they're happy where they at. And so that's why I would like to hear more of those men. But we don't hear about the success stories, right? Mm-hmm. We don't hear about the success stories where um, that a man cheated. And then he decided it wasn't for him and never did it again. And that with that movie, I don't want to do any spoilers, but that was that movie that just came out a couple of weeks ago was about. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to talk about the male story because and, and women are catching up to men. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's a situational uh, it's seven types of affairs. Sometimes it is a one night stand. That's an accidental affair. You know, that it never meant to happen. You love your partner. And they say, well, it just don't happen. Yes, yeah, sometimes it do. That not to make it right, but sometimes do. you have no interest in being with this person ever again in your life. And that has to do, basically, that's when we talk about the one-night stands is really when liquor is involved, um, a situation going on is involved, and just impact, and you just being so impulsive. Now, would you say in that situation, nine out of 10 times, that person had a history of being impulsive and having one night stands? No, no, no. circumstances, okay. no. People can be a habitual, but when you a habitual, it's not an accident, okay? Mm-hmm. So okay. when you take a one night stand, that's just what it is, mm-hmm. um, a one night stand. But when you are habitual, that's something's going on. And I hear people talk about uh, the excitement. It makes me feel like I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Um, they get the thrill out of it. And it has nothing to do with their partner. It's just something they're lacking within self that they just like this excitement. If someone says they've never been in a relationship where they've been 100% faithful, that's a habitual. That's a lifestyle. And then I will have to ask, I will ask them what's holding them back. And then we would challenge, not even challenge, but one thing we can go way, 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 way back. Monogamy is not for everybody. The key is to know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. The key is to know that. And you to talk about that and right. yeah, communicate and before you involve somebody else in it. And one thing what happened to in relationships is assumptions of monogamy. Okay. So you assume that you're going to be faithful. It's not discussed. Assumptions mm-hmm. kill monogamy. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be willing if you're not going to be monogamous to talk about alternatives because some of us, don't want to admit that they are in open relationships. You don't hear about that, though. Except if you hear about the polygamy community and everything 
uh, besides that, you don't really hear about that. But people are committing to open relationship and with, oh, because you want to have sex with everybody. You know, that comes from lack of education. It doesn't have nothing to do with sex. Nine times out of ten, the growing thing about infidelity is due to emotional affairs. Emotional affairs. And then uh, I would say in my practice, sex comes second. Mm. And so now if we get to the point where you're in a relationship with someone, you discover that they have cheated. Now, this is the question that I really want to ask you. There are some situations where the partner is caught and you find out through digging, searching, whatever. And there are some situations where the person will come to you and confess it. Is there more value in one than the other? Do you feel that that shows something from the the partner by them openly confessing it to you? I can go based on my practice. Again, everybody is different. When I have a partner who looks, the symptoms are there. And if they're looking, it's because of past trauma that they experienced, that they're looking for something, or it's something that they know is going on. Okay, that's one thing. The second one is when a partner comes in and admit, okay, both of the things are different, but the point is what comes after that? What's the conversation after that? Because we pretty bad. So if you have a partner that you found out what happens, they're defensive. Mm-hmm. They put it all on you, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be like, no denying it and everything else. So they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not ready because they put it all on you. It's very seldom that you get caught, and the word caught is a get is, a, is the given. When you get caught doing something, you be like, "Well, damn, you know, I was messing with them for this. Why? This is how it happened." It's usually be like, "Why are you looking through my stuff? What's right. going on with you?" You know, it's that body language that is more defensive. Yeah. I have found out in my practice when somebody comes to uh, the other partner and said. I've been unfaithful. Either I want to dismiss the relationship or I wanted you to know because it's over. Those are the more successful relationships. Not to say that everybody who cheat, go ahead, go tell your partner you're sorry. No, I don't mean by any of that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about genuinely just coming and want to discuss it and taking ownership. Taking ownership because one thing we find with the infidel is how do they come when they are in a situation and the infidelity is caught in the light how do they confront it and acknowledge it that's one of the keys for how you're going to recover from it another thing is that people don't like to do is to look at the whole relationship you have to look at your partner was this partner a habitual liar all through the relationship okay How are they be all through it? Some people say, well, I have any symptoms with other ones like well, he lied about his money. He lied about his kids' money, his, his kids' mothers. She lied about past relationships. So the relationship was built on a shaky foundation anyway. That also contributes to recovery. Recovery is not for everybody. Okay, that's why my seven-step recovery method, coaching method, is to commit to the program. After this program, you'll be able to determine if it's good for you to stay or go because only you can determine that. But one thing is to quiet that in your head because unfortunately, all of us know just because you leave the situation, the trauma still exists. 
infidelity is like betrayal is like getting PTSD because I can personally say you lose your mind, especially when it comes, when it hits you <laughs> mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going on. Your whole reality is shattered. Yeah. Okay. So you, it, you real experience those PTSD symptoms. And when I find out we're working with single women who've been betrayed, trying to find that love after betrayal and that understanding and that acceptance and how to move on with couples is recommitting to the program and recommitting to each other. What would you say three tips for women who are single, who have decided they are not going to try to restore that relationship? What are some steps in recovering from that betrayal so that they don't bring that hurt and mistrust into the next relationship? The first one I will say is self-healing. Under self-healing is just that not only self-healing, self-care and understanding. The reason why you don't want to go on to the relationship is because you don't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to trust yourself because if you don't trust yourself, that stems into other aspects of your life, mm-hmm. friendships, business, and everything. So the majority, the main thing I would stress is doing that self-healing, self-care, self-acceptance, and self-awareness, okay? Those are big issues because sometimes when you don't heal the trauma and you just leave, you got all these questions. Mm-hmm. Talking to somebody and getting your story out, not that waiting to exhale party. I'm not here to mail bash. <laughs> but one thing that I learned through my personal experience of why I am an infidelity recovery coach is because I was personally habitually cheated on all the time I did not know the tools even after I gave my relationship a try it didn't work I chose to leave but the trauma still existed what I did is really take that blame and that's what you want to relieve you have to understand give yourself the gift of acceptance that you might not get the answers that you want but it happened and give yourself the acceptance to move on you know because sometimes women and I'm just going based on my experience. We're looking for this forgiveness. We're looking for, I'm sorry, I didn't mean hurt. Sometimes we don't get that. And then if we do get it, we feel it's not genuine when we do get it. And we have to sit up there and not let everybody else validate us, but validation of self. Um, the second thing is surround yourself with support. When you are cheated on, your whole characteristic, your reality is shattered. You have to surround yourself with esteem building and activities that build up self. You need a tribe to support you that you don't feel like, oh, whoa, this just happened to me because it's not. And that's one other thing about infidelity. It's so matter of factly nobody talks about it because we think it's just a way of life and it's not. The other one is to give yourself a chance to go out and explore. A lot of times we put this wall up and the wall stops people from coming in, but it also stops us from loving out. And you can't stop loving just because somebody took it for granted. Because sometimes when we go against the grain, that's another thing that depresses us because we want to be trustworthy. We want to do that, but we got this wall up for security, but it actually turns into a prison. And now for the couples that are trying to restore their relationship after betrayal, what are the first three steps they need to take? Communication, I can say is a key, but everybody don't know how to communicate. 
that's why if you have been in a situation and you see it's not going anywhere that I do think you could need to seek professional help because it can get very heated. Okay. Mm -hmm. One thing is, well, because you need a guide to go through that because you're dealing with a lot of emotion. You need somebody to guide and keep it focused up. Are there, is the problem the problem or are you the problem? And you need somebody to assist you in navigating that. So a couple who's going through infidelity, sometimes I would say that it's good to take time away. I'm always for safety. We have so, and it's unfortunate, but I do have to mention this. It's so much domestic violence out here. I'm never going to tell you to stay in a situation that you feel unsafe. And it's not always good to stay in a situation and talk about an affair if it's violence could occur. So I always want you to evaluate for men and women, men and women. You know, I always want you to evaluate your situation. Mm -hmm. And then I would like for you to communicate about it. But it's one thing about communicating, but it's one thing about honest communication. And that's when you have to look at the relationship from the beginning. Did you ever have honest communication or was the whole relationship a fraud? You know, how can you really be in love with somebody when you can't talk about sex? You don't talk about bills. You don't talk about how I really feel. You can't talk about... If I was attracted to somebody, it didn't go anywhere, but I just want to tell you. So many relationships can't even have honest communications, so they're walking on eggshells all the time. So it's going to be hard to have that communication. So it's easy for me to say, you need to communicate. But for some people, they didn't never had communication from the beginning. So right. for them, it's like start the conversation. You know, you need to start the conversation and be like, okay, where do we go from here? And never assume somebody want to leave. Never assume somebody want to back. Where do we go from here? And to build that honest communication up to build back intimacy. And to get into either seeing a professional that can help you through the next steps. Because this is not common knowledge for us. You know, we get cheated on and we just get back in a relationship. And if we don't have the tools and the education, not to say it will happen again as far as cheating, but the relationship is always built on if that person going to cheat on me again, why did it happen? You know, it's all in our head, so we can't fully be in a relationship. Right. But on the hindsight, which is so crazy, and I can say this crazy meaning because it's going against the norm, I have couples, it's not for everybody, that infidelity brought them closer together. Because they're like, damn, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. Why you didn't come to me? Why didn't we talk? And it's usually basically when you say you find a number and it didn't go to sexual. You know, that's usually the one where like, why you didn't talk to me? What I knew something was wrong, you know, really like a light bulb. Or for the siding partner who never been heard and now they're hearing somewhere else. And then the partner was like, I thought we had the perfect marriage. Yeah. You know, so then sometimes depending on the person, they'll step it up. And they communicate about it and support being committed back into the relationship. Affairs are tricky. It's so multifaceted. It's just dimensions on dimensions. That's why I say I can I can spit that stuff right now. But each each person's situation is so different because I really look at the upbringing. I really think look at the learned belief patterns, and I really look at the foundation of the relationship that determines the success of rehabilitating the relationship. What things do you encourage your clients to look for in, in partners to potentially be red flags that they may not be faithful or willing to be rehabilitated? Blame. 
um, not willing to really accept their part for women who've been betrayed and the spouse, the infidel, which some, I'm just going to put it out there, um, and for example, because it's not always the case. And contrary to belief, men are the main ones who call me. So they everybody be like, oh, women, no, women, men are um, right now at leading for couples therapy and calling because they want to work on their relationship. And not nine times out of ten, it's not because they got caught. So I just put that out there because sometimes we kind of, society kind of offset it. Mm-hmm. But in my practice, um, men are the ones calling for couples therapy more because they really want to work it out with their wives. Mm-hmm. But I would just say the red flags to look for. And just so you know, not having sex is not a red flag because desire and arousal changes. And just because somebody doesn't have sex doesn't mean they're having sex with somebody else. And that's why we need to stop assuming and talk about it. But other than that, it's when the communication is deteriorating, avoiding behavior, just always thinking everything else to do besides be with you. Mm-hmm. The red flags is like the little things you used to talk, talk about, they don't talk about anymore. And again, again, let me please tell this so your listeners know, these are not saying, well, damn, he do that. They, they cheating on me or <laughs> right. cheating on me. No, this is when you have to know your relationship. And this is not to say, uh, accuse them, uh, you cheating on me? No. I believe in weekly checking. A relationship is a job. You have to take your relationship off of autopilot. You know, you just don't say I do or you my boo and, and stop it. Mm-hmm. It's a weekly, a daily, a hourly event. That's why I encourage 10 to 15 monologues for all of my uh, clients, mm-hmm. couples. You need to talk, not Facebook, not FaceTime. You need to talk. You need to communicate. You need to stop because we have to stop assumptions. You need to have couples check-ins. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. And everything had to see, stop seeing stuff as an argument. Think about, about a disagreement, but we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And for my women, I tell them, because I'm straight, no chaser, stop using pussy as power. You get mad. Just because you're mad, you have to separate your emotions from your desire. you mad at him, you might not, or her, you might not be in the mood, but don't take that out in the bedroom and then take it out into the environment and then take it out in the world because we hold stuff in. Don't hold it in. Talk about it. Talk about it. You know, don't touch me. You know, you can hear that so many times and that person going to leave you alone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Give me another time or I don't feel like we have to watch our language too, but that's a whole nother show on how to communicate. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's a whole show in and of itself. Um, Yes. Yes. Now, one thing you had referenced in our previous podcast is even recovering from betrayal with family members or other people and other relationships. What are some ways to begin that process in in other relationships outside of romantic situations? With my training, I have found out that betrayal is learned and it starts with your caregivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, How you deal with betrayal and infidelity even starts before you in a relationship into a romantic relationship. And some people say, how so? It's just like going to school. You taught a lesson and you ingrained it into your fiber. Listen to your auntie, 
aunties, your uncles, your cousins about life experiences, even though you might not know at that time, that's part of you. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I caught one of my clients saying, well, my mama said, and my auntie said, and you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Where is that all coming from? Mm-hmm. So one thing is when you learning about self to challenge those beliefs, not to say that they were wrong, but to challenge those beliefs and see how does it apply to your life? Because these are the same women who told you what a good man was. So you let go of your idea of a good man because it wasn't their idea of a good man. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you have to see how it applies to you. When you are betrayed by a a caregiver, it could be, you know, your auntie lied to you, somebody really close. Um, You told your cousin something. She went and told everybody. That's betrayal. Mm -hmm. Father is betrayal. We have a lot of uh, women and men who have daddy issues mm-hmm. and who, who said that, who watched their mom or dad cheat. And you go in there and say, one, first with the mom, mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to do that. I'm never seeing my mother like that. I'm never going to do that to a woman. Then on the other hand, you see what another aspect of it with a father is that's how his survival. Dad is cool. I'm going to be just like my dad. Mm-hmm. It's just so informative when you bring all these people into a session and they never talked about that out loud. They never talked about it because I asked them, tell me about betrayal or when did you learn about infidelity in your family? Were you ever betrayed by a family member? And you should see those wheels because they was like, oh my God. I never knew that I still held on to that, especially about parental units or somebody who was your caregiver at that time. Yeah. Yeah. It gets deep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very, very, very deep. Now somebody is listening and they say, Ooh, it's so deep. Rennell, I need to talk to you with a one-on-one session. How does somebody get in contact with you? Affairaftercare.com. I have uh, a lot of resources, free resources. I even have an affair quiz. I'm going to be starting online and in-person support groups because I think we need to come together and shine a light on infidelity and we need to heal. I do believe in love after betrayal. And first, we got to begin with the self first. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.